Computer, initialize Holosuite. Holosuite Media. Missed my cue again. Then. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I apologise for that. It's just so unprofessional. I really I am. can't bear working with you anymore. Oh, I'm, I'm done. Sorry. This is it. I'm out. Well, we got to the fourth episode, so this is actually more than I predicted. It's fifty percent more than I predicted. <laughs> this is her first trek, a Star Trek review podcast. As she said, she's Katie. I'm Kyle, and uh, we are your regular hosts, co-hosts. I think. You are the host. I am the sous host. A what? Like a sous like chef? Like a sous chef. Okay. The sous host. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Is that spelled the same way as sous chef? Yeah. French. Okay. Is sous host actually a thing? I don't know. Or we just made it up? <laughs> I just want to show if I was being really stupid. I mean, like I know. Well, as soon as you dropped like, oh, that's French. I was like, oh my God, is sous host actually no, a French sous thing? is like under, isn't it? So. Mm, I want to get you sue me. <laughs> Dropped a little bit of French on you then, eh? Wow. Yeah. You could have just gone with like, voulez-vous coucher avec moi? Guys, what you just heard from me is why um, I've got two children with this woman here. That was exactly how it went down. <laughs> Both times. And that's yeah. how I knew. Yeah, that's it. My great one-liners and my... Prowess. Yeah, my prowess. My ability to not let go once I've sunk my teeth and claws into you. <laughs> You're like a cat. Yeah. <laughs> You're like Tana. I am like Dr. Tana. Oh, so update on our cat, because obviously last episode we were talking about our new purchase, uh, which I think might have been... Purchase? Oh, you make him sound I like do. a like a acquisition. Yeah. Our new family member. Our new family member who we welcomed into our family. Didn't cost us a penny. Honest. Cost us a few pennies. Wesley, named after Mr. Wesley Crusher, is currently asleep in the other room. Settled in quite well. Oh, he has. Yeah, when I'm... you think it was only a week ago that we were mm. talking about him, and he'd only just arrived then. I'm hating having a litter tray in the house again. That was gross. It's making me sad. It makes me sad. But I'm getting used to it. getting used to stepping on the little stones. Even if I've got cover for it, he's still knocking it everywhere. Now, how has your week been? So, obviously, as we record this, we're in a... Well, we're not calling it lockdown week, because that doesn't test well with... Uh, what do they call it? Firebreaker, isn't it? They call it a firebreaker. It's like a circuit breaker thing. To be fair, lockdown is, sounds scary, but firebreaker sounds way worse. Yeah, I know. It's like, it literally sounds like a fire raging It's like, let's just country. take two things that people are really scared of. Fire and things breaking. And like, <laughs> let's just shove it together and just put it out there. Yeah, so this is our COVID-19 firebreaker. So as we record this, we're in a two-week break. Uh, it's just been timed with the first week with... The kids half term. I don't know what you call this in other places in the world. We have a lot of listeners in America. What would they call their half term? Autumn break. Yeah. It's a term of semester there. Yeah. So I assume whatever you guys have that breaks up your semester, like a week off, that's yeah. what the half term is. You have an autumn break, don't you? What? Not you. I meant Oh, okay. Or... I don't get a break, which is kind of my point I'm getting to. Any Voyager fans listening to this will understand my reference, but... It may have only been a week of hell, 
but it's felt like a year of hell. Boom boom. I mean, I I don't get the reference particularly. Oh, but you will. It's a hundred percent accurate. Two of the best Star Trek Voyager episodes. It feels like not that I have seen this either, but Groundhog Day. Hmm. You haven't seen Groundhog Day? No, I haven't. Bill Murray? No. Oh, Oh, goodness. Good film. I saw that in uh, the cinema, actually, when it came out. Oh, you old. And I've never watched it properly since then. Because it's one of those things that, ironically, I don't really (laughs) want to sit through again. (laughs) Even though I know it's good, I just... (laughs) The film taught me that repeating everything was... Repetition is really dull. It wasn't wasn't great, so why would I... Why would I want to watch Groundhog Day again? <laughs> That's true. I mean, the film is probably like really groundbreaking. Excuse the bun, but it doesn't have like longevity for like you wanting to watch it no, again. I mean, does it? everyone must feel that way. It's a bit of a classic, it. I think. I remember it being very good, but I just don't want to find out again. <laughs> I do not want to revisit it. There's two hours of your life you're not going to get back. Yeah. But yeah, this whole two week firebreaker has come over at kids half term. Halloween, bonfire night. Yeah, everything. My favourite time of year. You having a bigger schedule, so I've been stuck with them. They don't even sleep in anymore. What you meant to say was, poor you having to work way more than you normally do. Absolutely. Which is a lot anyway. Shout out to all the mums who stay at home raising the kids quite often when the babies are born. Anyone who stays at home raising the kids. Yeah, oh yeah, I'm not trying to be like, I'm not being trying to be sexist or anything with it. But, you know, proportionately... It's more women doing it. But yeah, shout out to any fathers or whatever who are the ones to stay at home. Yeah, fair play, guys. It's harder. I'd rather be in work. It's rough. I'm now trying to debate, would it be easier with them at a young age where they nap? If I think if they napped still in the day, it would be more bearable. Because they don't. They're just relentless machines programmed to destroy. Terrorizing. Destroy all life forms. And suck the soul out of you. Yeah. We love our children very much. Well, some listeners know Harrison. To death. He hasn't appeared on this show yet, but, but we'll get on. they are just, yeah, I do I do feel sorry for you. My daughter often lures me in with like a, like this morning, a really cute, gorgeous smile. And I'm a bit of a laugh at me in the morning and I forget that she's just setting me up for a, an even bigger they, fall. They go on like different paths, I think, through the day. Eliza wakes up so calm and she's so like, oh, well, this is going to be a pleasant day. Well, she's like me. And she goes up and down like really, really quick. But Harrison just maintains like a constant level of, ah! Oh, gosh. If you wake up Harrison in the morning trying to move, if he manages to even open one eye, that's it. He's done. Sits up, bolt right. And he, yeah, he's like you. When we first were going out with each other, it took a lot of getting used to. I think it probably made me a better person for a while. But like, as soon as we'd wake up, you'd pull the blanket back for us and you'd be like fully dressed and uh, brightly start our day. (laughs) And I'm like... What? The sun's awake, so yeah. I'm awake. Yeah. I'm going back to bed. No, you're not. Let's go do fun things. Let's go for a walk. I felt and- like Badgie a bit then. <laughs> oh my God, you are my Badgie. And you used to just draw the curtains and be like, oh, let's stay in the darkness. I used to joke that you were a vampire. Mm, I, used to, I used to joke about it when I was a teenager in school. I used to hate summer and generally hate being outdoors. I mean, I still hate being outdoors because... Now I hate people, generally. Like I think we all like that now, though. I don't know how we're together. I mm. love people. Hope not too much. All people. All people. All people. I do. I can talk to people if I... Have to. If I you're, to. like, forced. If I stand behind you, like, you dare. It's amazing I've been a tracking my whole life, really, because you would have thought I'd be more social. 
Those are not two words I would put together. Really? Yeah. I'll tell you what I think it is, right? Why Star Trek fans and sci-fi fans as a whole, but I think for the longest time, Star Trek fans represented cult TV fans generally. I think the reason why they got this label of like maybe being a bit more reserved and withdrawn and awkward, all the things that I am basically, <laughs> I think I think the reason that label exists, which it's not true, it's not accurate, but I think it exists because some people found Star Trek who were struggling in life through uh, mental health or I don't know, anything that could be happening in their home and they found Star Trek different ages, young, old, which, whichever, or something drove them towards Star Trek. So I think sometimes... And those people are are actually coming out of their shells because of Star Trek, but it's it's an ongoing learning process. And if you don't if you don't have those skills naturally or something, or if you've been in a situation where you haven't been able to talk to people or for whatever reason, then I think that you know you don't acquire the skills at the drop of a hat. So, and I think that that's why, in a li- in some ways, that Trekkie's got that that label because a lot of people had found Trek and it saved for a lot of people. It saved their lives. There's loads of stories out there, you know, about how Star Trek saved lives. And those are the people who are so brave for trying to communicate with other Trekkies and such. But then the people who were on the outside and didn't understand people's journeys with Star Trek and their relationship with, with Star Trek, how Star Trek could have saved their lives or whatever it may have done for them, just took it as, oh, sci-fi nerds. You know that whole stigma that exists on that? Yeah. I don't think, like, yeah. don't get me wrong, there's, not every, not everyone's like that at all, and I think it's I think it's a wrong stigma that Trek fans had for the longest time. I think now in twenty twenty one, I guess it's easier to like identify the reasons for why some people are the way they are. Mm. Uh, whereas you couldn't back in the eighties or nineties. I couldn't mention in school I was a Trek fan. No, I could not mention in school I was a Star Trek fan, and I think that's one reason some Trekkies are so. I know most it's cool now to hate on the newest version of whatever franchise. You enjoy Star Wars, Star Trek. I'm sure the new Battlestar Galactica movie is going to get shit all over and uh, whatever Stargate brings out at some point soon. So I think a lot of those people who are like the gatekeepers of Trek remember being bullied mm. for enjoying Trek. And so they don't want Trek. A lot of them don't want Trek to be popular because it's theirs. Yeah, well, I was thinking about this when you said the other day that people will go after Discovery or they'll go after Lower Decks or whatever because they just don't want the new stuff. Maybe that it's just a bit of like a protective thing. This is mine. I don't really want yeah, anyone it, else. Yeah. No, that's true, yeah. Don't it. And it's been like that with every Star Trek show. Even TNG was hated on for years. Oh, yeah, I get that. And DS9. And they forget it. As soon as the next one comes along, they open their arms to the other ones, mm. the old ones, and call the new ones not no Trek. No one likes change. You know what I'm like with the Avengers movies? I find that really difficult when a new Avenger comes yeah. along. Well, you're going to be screwed when they do the next lot. Then, yeah, I can't cope with that. Half of them are dead now. Don't talk to me. But, <laughs> but yeah, I think like with, with Lower Decks, for example, as I said to you, I think the gatekeepers, well, people from my time or older who couldn't really publicly talk about liking Star Trek without getting abuse for it, they hate that there was a show that they considered to be making fun of Star Trek when, no, it's like not like that. I've been made fun of for like in Star Trek and now you've got a show that's making fun of Star Trek well number one I don't think Lower Decks ever makes fun of Star no, Trek in I a negative so. sense and I think that uh, nothing wrong with um, wanting to protect your love but open your mind guys so why are we here today Katie we've got four episodes this week to mm-hmm. discuss it's going to be our last week I think of doing for a little while of just doing like one of each because I'm hoping next week we will maybe do two episodes of one of the shows and two of another We'll announce on our social media, obviously, what we're doing, though. So keep an eye on us at Her First Trek on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram to see what episodes are coming up. If you're watching at the Katie Pace, 
as I call it, or Who Katie's it pace. I do. Oh. I'm going to make it a thing. Hashtag Katie's pace. Maybe hashtag the Katie pace would look better. Capital T, capital K, capital P. Or her pace. The Kate pace. The Kate pace. I could maybe be down pace with that. Pace cater. The pace cater. Oh, Jesus. It sounds like an episode name. It does sound like an episode <laughs> name, yeah. So, Katie, would you like to tell us the names of the four episodes we're covering this week? Sure. We will be looking at TOS, The Naked Time, TNG, The Lost Outpost, DS9, Babel, Babel, Babel. <gasps> I was hoping to have to confuse, uh, to correct you. I think it's Babel, I think. I mostly. think it's Babel, too. And Voyager, Phage. That's right. So four episodes, one from each show. Let's get into it. We've chatted for long enough. Each week you get to choose which one you want us to talk about oh, first. And we go with the descriptions from TrekCore. So TrekCore.com, fantastic Trek resource website. We just take the episode summary from there. So we'll let you know. And spoilers, as always, guys, we're going to be talking about the entire outcomes of the episodes and such. So don't listen if you don't want to be spoiled. Let's go, Keddy. Spoiled. Spoiled. We will spoil you. Or spoiled. Just don't have it spoiled for you. Thanks for correcting me. That's okay. Anytime. Spin the wheel. Phage. Okay. Phage. <laughs> okay, so we're doing we're doing Voyager. Mm. Okay, why this one first? I don't know. <laughs> I just picked it. Okay, so let's hear the description. Okay, so Neelix is attacked on an away mission by an alien who removes his lungs. I was really shocked by that. Mm. Janeway sets out in pursuit and learns that the aliens, the Vidians, suffer from a deadly phage, which is slowly destroying their population. So they harvest organs from other species to survive. Just to mention the ending now then. So Neelix never does get his lungs back. Uh, They're able to do a lung transplant, which the Vidians help with. Mm. Because one of the Vidians is helpful. The other one who's trying to keep him alive is a bit of a cock. And I don't know if I have to sense that word. We'll leave it. And... (laughs) Do wanker, because then we don't have... He's a bit of a wanker, okay? And Neelix gets a lung because Kess donates one. God bless. We got into the whole discussion about whether you'd give me a lung, and you said you'd give me two. (laughs) And I said, you are not getting out of it that fucking easily. (laughs) I saw saw an opportunity to escape this world. (laughs) Take them both. Take them both, Doctor! Because you need a backup lung just in case. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want you to go without it. Thanks. So you're right. Uh, It was a bit shocking when Neelix lost his lungs, wasn't it? I did not think that's what was happening to him when they were like... That would look different now, wouldn't it? Like if he couldn't breathe now and his lungs were taken, I feel like they'd do something different. I don't know how he survived even that amount of time without lungs. I guess you can hold your breath for like two minutes. Can you? I think so. Well, I don't know if I can. I've never really been able to get like 30 seconds. I would not like to try. I've tried. I used to hold my breath under the tunnel. What, like driving? Yeah, you know when you go under a tunnel and yeah. you hold your breath and then oh, you realise that as a driver you probably shouldn't do that. No, or just in case you pass out at the wheel, yeah. Mm. And if you also crash in a tunnel, you're going to cause all sorts of chaos. And, and I drive death. through a tunnel to work when I go to the office. So. Oh, do you? Yeah. Oh, God, so there's... <laughs> Temptations there yeah. every day. <laughs> so twice a day, go in there and coming back, there's a chance you may just make yourself pass out at the wheel. <laughs> So do the Neelix test, we'll call it. I will. Well, the Neelix experiment. Oh, that's better. I like that, yeah. Mm. Yes, yeah, so I guess he would have lasted long enough to get beamed over. Yeah, I still think he probably wasn't taken care of for at least a solid minute and a half. Yeah, and then they managed before... to beam him straight onto a bed. Like, how did they manage that? This is one of these things that I think we have to just accept sometimes. Because there's times where people could be falling and they get transported or 
And then when they're just standing on the pad. Mm. I always liked in Broken Bow of Enterprise, the end when Silic's about to shoot him and Archer's running and then he gets beamed out. And then when he reappears on the transporter pad in the Annex 01, he's still in his running pose. And then he's feeling his chest. Yeah, that made sense to me. But I would like to see if someone got beamed over like when they were falling, I'd love to see them like just... Fall onto the transport. Yeah, drop onto it. That'd be cool. Mm. Used to kind of get that on Stargate, actually. When they were in the rings, I can't remember what episode it was. You know, you said the rings. Do you remember that from Stargate? Mm. Um, So when that happened to them in water and then it would come onto the... And they come back. The water would come with it and then they'd come down the water would just go everywhere and then they'd drop through. Yeah, see, that's how it should be. I'm sure there's some kind of track explanation as to how they're able to just... A track explanation. A track explanation as to how they're able to be made laying down or something. Well, they got him directly onto that bed. It was quite something. Maybe it's like Tetris. (laughs) It's like transported Tetris. (laughs) That's Pac-Man, isn't it? Is it? Yeah. I don't know them that well enough to know. I just know that on Tetris you just keep turning the pieces until you get them the way you want them. God, they're a pain. Transporter Tetris. But do you know what? It's taught you really well. But when we go to the supermarket and you've got to pack the trolley afterwards, you're like a machine. <laughs> I am now. You're like, I can't fit in that space I wasn't with less be- than one millimetre spare. I wasn't before lockdown for COVID-19. And also before Aldi. Yeah. Well, Aldi give you no choice. They just throw your shot. They just wing them through. Like, ding, 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 ding. And they've got the smallest little spot. You've got a few options how you do it. You can either just get, yeah, you get your arm and just sweep everything into your trolley and break everything. Or you can just become like Data... In yeah. the naked now, when he's changing all the chips, that's that's me and Aldi. Yeah. I'm just there with tins and cans, and I got an order to it and everything. And I wasn't like that before the first lockdown for coronavirus. In fact, I wasn't even for the first two shops because I would go down on my own, wouldn't I? And I'd get everything, and I'd, I'm not driving, so you'd come with a car and pick me up after because we wouldn't take everyone in because of the obviously uh, restrictions. I think it was on the third visit, the third shop, when the guy was like, "Put your trolley beer and do it like this and this." And then since then, whoosh. I am a speed... Demon. Speed demon. Uh, a speedster. Flash. Hashtag yeah. lockdown learning. Yeah. We've all improved as people during lockdown. Have we? I think the human race has become even more antisocial than they already were. Well, yeah, but that's worked in my favour. Yeah. <laughs> that's brilliant for me. And it's got me watching, getting you watching Star Trek, so... Mm. Yay! Okay, so first thoughts then on Phage. What do you think of it? Yeah, I really enjoyed it, Did actually. You? Yeah. Okay. The whole thing, I just... I, I I was really shocked that they'd taken his lungs and then I thought, for what purpose would they be doing mm. that? Really enjoyed why they'd done it. I mean, those creatures were gross. They were gross. And you could see, like, different... Oh. Like, what did they really look like? Because you could see that they had, like, scales on part of their head. Mm. They obviously had just, like, skin grafts from various different so gross. species. Horrible. And for anyone who's not sure, like, the Vidians basically... They say that for millennia. Yeah. So they imply, like, I think, like, two millennia or something that yeah. they'd had this virus called the phage that was uh, basically devouring their bodies and stuff they mentioned several thousand dying a day hundred thousand dying a day or something like that i can't remember what it was and i was listening to that though and i thought how the hell is this species still alive if this virus started two thousand plus years ago maybe they have like and that many are dying like a day oh maybe they are because we don't know what they're like like normally yeah they could hatch their eggs also so they... i wonder what their babies look like when they're just babies yeah do they they're... come out normal then in which case, how was the virus transmitted? Does well, it only... They said it became airborne, didn't they? Oh, did they say that? Did they? No, you're thinking... Yeah, I'm thinking uh, of one. A different show yeah. we've been watching. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you're thinking yeah. of the DS Line yeah, episode I we're going to talk yeah. about. Easy mistake to make, mm. Katie. So yeah, I'm curious of the science behind it, but I don't want to think about it too hard, because I think the idea is really cool as this alien species. super gross. It is gross. This is why I said to you initially I didn't want to watch it when the kids were around. Mm, I, I didn't think the lungs had been removed. There's nothing graphic about that, but I thought the Vidians just looked grim. Mm. That was my my feeling. You're not a big fan of Neelix? 
I'm not, I haven't, I don't know why, I just haven't warmed to him. But I was like that with Cass as well, but I like her a lot more after this episode. Okay. You don't like um, Neelix more though? I felt sorry for him. I don't know, there's just something about him I'm a bit like, uh... There's an interesting thing with Neelix, particularly this episode, because the whole point of everything before where it turns out he'd taken Janeway's dramatically oversized dining room and turned it into a, a kitchen and a, a mess hall for the crew, being on the bridge and wanting to go on the mission. Like, they were trying to show he's annoying. And even when he didn't have lungs, being annoying for the doctor, having his panic attack, it was like a weird way to try and make you not want Neelix to die. Because mm. halfway through, I'm like, God, I hope they don't replace his lungs. Wow. That's cool. I've never been a fan of Neelix. I'm hoping that changes on this watch through. It's just like, you're not making me care about him. You're just making him seem even more annoying. Yeah, I think that's the thing. For me, he's just irritating. Like, there's not any redeeming qualities for him. Like, yes, he's knowledgeable about some stuff that they don't know about, but I feel like they could probably just figure it out. He's just annoying. Well, for example, he didn't know about the Vidians. Why did we bring you? Yeah, if you didn't know about the the species that are in this area space that are literally harvesting skin and body parts, they can beam your lungs out of your body. You can do that to us right now whilst we're doing this. Like, so they can do that. How the fuck did you not know about them? Not even a tiny bit, but he didn't know. I thought Kess was a lot more useful and a lot less irritating in this episode. How didn't he know about them? He knew about the asteroid or planet, whatever it was, that had the alleged dilithium resources. So people know about it. But presumably no one's ever come back with any because we find out later that it was just a setup. It's like a trap to get people to come then there. Then surely you would hear, like, on the grapevine... That ships are oh, going missing. Oh, by the way, when you go to this planet, you don't come back. Yeah. You don't actually come back with, like, riches of dilithium. You come back with no, like, lungs. Oh, Neelix really... He really screwed the pooch on that one. He did. Definitely. He did. Yeah, I'm not a fan of Neelix yet. I know he changes. As, well, he doesn't ever change, but I know his role on the show changes as time goes on. So confident you know maybe you'll come to like him. Sorry. You know who my favourite was, though? This week? Yeah. Who? Doctor. Ah, the Doctor's become your... <laughs> I love him. Your, if you love him now, you're going to... You'll love where they go with him then. He's so funny. His bedside manner is... Wait, it's non-existent. Non-existent. <laughs> he doesn't have a bedside manner. He's, I love it. If anything, he makes the situations worse. He is really, really horrible to Neelix. In the nighttime bit when he's trying to work and Neelix is just laying there. And, like, the doctor's bad. I, I, in fact, I know what the doctor's idea of the holographic lungs, which could have theoretically kept Neelix alive for his whole life, was like a great science idea. But And I guess the doctor is... The, the EMH, you want to call him that? He is programmed to find a way to keep people alive. But was that being alive for Neelix? Like he couldn't, he couldn't move even a tiny. No, and I, I imagine and... like if we had that decision in real life, an actual sentient doctor, not sentient, you know what I mean? Yeah, would make the decision that that is not a good quality of life. And to just let that person go. The decision was left to Kess, wasn't it? And she says she didn't know what Neelix would want, but she knew that she wanted him alive. So was Kess selfish? A bit. But I think they did the right thing by doing that, but they should have done it like until they knew whether they could find his lungs mm. and they shouldn't have revived him. That's a good then. point. Yeah, they, they should, should have, have just kept him in the coma. Yeah, and just keep him on life support basically. And... Yeah. Until... And then if they can't get his lungs back, then they make the decision of what they're going to do. Because as Very it true. was, yeah. he was just like stressed and yeah. he wanted to scratch. And he could have died and, and had such a horrible final... I know that he would have... Last thing he would remember the Vidians attacking him, but you almost prefer that to waking up and being yeah, confined like, being like, like he like, was. Okay. And... and then Kess going, oh, actually, did you want to live? And he's like, well, no, probably not. And she's like, okay, bye then. <laughs> yeah, turn off the... Uh... 
Turn off the hollow, <laughs> the hollow lungs. I thought Janeway was quite good in this episode. Yeah. Loving Kate, you're loving Kate Mulgrew as well. I do, I do. Yeah, really so she, uh, I don't know why her dining room had to be so big. Yeah, it was a bit much. I'd like to see that tradition carrying on, though. We find out, obviously, Archer had one 200 years ago, but he had a little tiny cramped room, but mm. Janeway's got like this huge room. And I did think it was a little bit, talk about being selfish. Like, why does she still have that space? For herself. It's weird because it doesn't mission. really go with her character at all. But you saw more of it like when she said Neelix could keep the mm. kitchen and things like that. And I thought she was super lovely when those aliens came. And then she was like, well, you've left me the choice of like, do I murder you and save my crewmen? She's so good, isn't she, in that scene? She did oh, the Janeway. <laughs> Shout out to the Janeway, a Star Trek Voyager podcast, which is on Hollywood Media Network, which I was explaining to you the name. Oh, I just love uh, it. Yesterday, so great. you have to start listening to that show. I will. Just don't get spoilers for stuff that you haven't mm, seen that's yet. That's true. That scene where the Vidians, they beam them into the transporter room, they finally caught them, and they explain there's nothing they can do because the lungs have already been grafted onto that, uh, one of them. Yeah, and when she's saying, because the only way she can now get them back is to, to kill that, that Vidian. So her way she's talking out loud, just saying, well, I can't. I live by a set of rules that prevent me from killing you. She, doesn't, just... even, she doesn't even say that she wouldn't, that she doesn't want to. She says she can't kill mm. him to save one of her crew. And you can see the pain and she the looks so upset. torture. Well, in fact, I mean, the Vidian didn't have to, as his cock friend stated, you know, he, the Vidian didn't have to come forward and say they could try and help because mm. she'd given parts. She'd written away Neelix's life at that point. And you knew as the scene was going on, as I remember I turned to you and said, oh, you know, Starfleet Federation principles, are, she's not going to be able to make the decision. I love, though, that she said that she couldn't take away a life to save the life of a crewman because, Katie, that's going to be an interesting discussion that we'll have during a late season two episode. And anyone listening to this knows exactly what episode I'm talking about. And even now, people still debate whether Janeway did the right thing or not. Ooh. I can't even tell you the name of the episode because that could potentially be a spoiler. Oh. I kind of want to say it to you, though. Go on. Tuvix. I'm just going to let you stew on that one. Is that supposed to mean something to me? Not right now. Tuvix. Tuvix. Is Tuvok a person? Tuvok, yeah. Is that a person? Tuvox. Yeah, you know Tuvok. Yeah. Whose name ends... In Vix. Well, you've got Tuvok. And Neelix. And Neelix. If you put them together, what do you get? Tuvix. Nuvok. <laughs> or Nuvok. Maybe you're going Nuvok. That actually sounds like a Vulcan name. Does that mean I can finally get rid of one of those characters? Oh, you're, <gasps> you're not a Tuvok fan? Not really. Oh, and you're a big fan of Vulcans. I know, I you do like, like your Vulcans. Vulcans. Why not Tuvok then? I don't know. I just don't find him very, like... I feel like all the other Vulcans that I've come across are very, like... They're really strong characters. And interesting. And they've got a real... Yes. They've got, like, a real screen presence. They're there. T'Pol mm. was there. Spock is, like... Boom, Every there. incarnation of Spockler. Yeah. And then Tuvok's like, who are you? Oh, okay. Probably You're Tuvok. There. Sure. And Vulcans in general, right? Vulcans, the mannerisms they have and stuff and the rules of not showing emotion and things like that mean that Vulcans can be incredibly boring if they don't have a strong character and mm. presence like you described. And Tuvok has neither of those things. Yeah. He is just a boring Vulcan. He's a guest star of the week Vulcan who just mm. doesn't intrigue you. Whereas Spock and, you know, the Spock in my mind, I always think of now is Ethan Peck's Spock on Discovery and Strange New Worlds. But, you know, Spock to Paul, like you said, those are just really, really strong characters who steal the screen as well. I did enjoy, though, how this week he was like, Captain, whatever you're thinking about doing, can I strongly advise that you don't do that? Yeah. I did enjoy that bit. I thought. And she was like, well, what, you know, how do you know what I'm going to do? And he's like, you know, for the last four years, I've made all sorts of... I could go into depth about the psychological observations I've made of you. Yeah, and it turns out he was spot on and they did it anyway. They flew the ship into the asteroid. Quite scary, that. But like, he let her go first when yes. they were on the... So let's talk 
talk about this then. Asteroid. When they were leading the mission after Neelix had been attacked, Janeway wanted to go down. She quoted a letter. If this was TNG, Riker wouldn't have let that happen. No. Not at all. Archer would have gone down. We know He that. would have, but do you know who would have gone before him? Malcolm Reed. Yeah, absolutely. Would have been ahead of the party. Janeway was leading the whole thing. Now, do you think they were worried about how it might look for audiences watching? No, because if that's the man the was that's in, how it goes. Yeah, but some people don't flip and see it that way. They they look at it black and white. They don't think, oh, he's a security officer. He would probably be in front, partly just because it's his job role, but also because on this mission, his captain's there. So Tuvok should have been leading the line, or at least had his personnel, not Janeway. But I also like that it showed that Janeway's got these big Janeway balls. She does. She does have some Janeway balls. But at the end of the day, if you lose your captain, shit's going to hit the metaphorical fan. Yeah. And also, I'm not saying that you can replace your security officer because, you well, know, you we've can. got some pretty memorable characters. But Janeway, wasn't she a science officer? Yeah. So she doesn't even have any experience of being on a security hmm. relay. Yeah, I feel like she shouldn't have been leading the line there. No. Keep her safe, guys. I guess, though, it was also kind of cool that she was like, one of my crew has had this horrific act done to them. Now I'm pissed off and I'm going. Oh, no, I get it. She should have been there. Sure, if she wants to be there. But protect your captain. Protect your yeah, captain. Just put her. Just put her a couple of people back. It's the very first thing that Riker and Picard fell out over. Yeah. When Riker went on board the That's Enterprise That's because D. he's a gem. Oh, he's you're a big a Riker diamond. fan. A diamond in the rough. Just a diamond. Just a diamond. So overall, you enjoyed this episode. Yeah, it was a good one. Yeah. Okay, how about... Well, next one, you choose. Let's spin the wheel. Uh, okay. Let's go with Babel. All right. So hitting DS9. O'Brien accidentally activates a concealed Bajoran device designed to release... An adaptive virus into the food generated by replicators. Quark unwittingly spreads the virus to all of his patrons through the bar's replicator, and a stationwide epidemic ensues. Mm. How topical. It was very relevant, wasn't it? Amazingly relevant. Very. Now, I know what we're going through right now, like the pandemic. It's how pan- pandemics go, so it's not like Destiny was seeing the future, but it was so weird sitting there watching people spread it through contact, well, it was with food, wasn't it? But then people trying to break out of confinement, not enjoying being confined at all. You know, I thought that was really, really That guy topical. who tried to leave? Yeah, on a ship. Almost mm. blew up half the station as a result. That is like what people are like right now. Yeah. Oh, it is, isn't it? I originally thought when this episode started, it was going to be a Miles O'Brien episode. So he's been overworked yeah, at the start. Yeah, I did. And it wasn't. No. He was out of play, really, within the first, I wouldn't even say 10 minutes, was it? He'd got the illness. He started talking in gibberish, which I said to you at the time, that must have been so hard for the actors. Cause oh, yeah. A lot of these were just random words put together. And I think our brains would make it very hard to talk like that. Even when you're learning lines, I just think it's so hard to speak that way because there's no logic to it Mm. at all, which is the point. And then he's out of it and this virus spreads around. It's the first sign. But obviously it does then lead to fever and potential death. And the virus is spread by uh, Quark. As we find out, he uses one of the working replicators to boost his business again, which makes everyone else uh, sick. That's why it spreads about it. Then evolves into an airborne virus that hits everyone. Every single person except for Odo. Yeah. Who's left. Well, because he hasn't got got DNA as we know it, has he? Mm. But also the weapon was Bajoran. Mm. She tried to pin it on the Cardassians. Yeah, Kira Kira thought it was a Cardassian uh, booby trap that had been left behind. Uh, But it turns out it was Bajorans who'd done it during the building of the station. Did they say 19 years earlier or something? So is that one of the first times yeah, we've got a, an age on the station? I'm not sure, but I thought it was a nice little twist because we're seeing like little bits of how the Bajorans used to work already on the show. And mm. But then why didn't it ever get activated, you know? 
in all that time. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? So, yeah, it didn't, so it didn't take... I just like sometimes like people come across like old World War II mines. Yeah, that's very true, actually. Yeah, they do find, yeah, they find bombs, aren't they, from World War II that haven't gone off. Anyone in America listening to this probably can't even wrap their head around that. But yeah, in the UK... Well, I don't know. I reckon like, there must be like mines and stuff. Not from World War Two, but apart from like Pearl Harbor, has America ever been bombed? Though maybe people can let us know in the comments. But in Britain, you know, Britain got bombed a lot during World War Two. Even now, they find sometimes find bombs in schools, don't they, and stuff. Yeah, like yeah, in the yeah. school grounds, yeah, they, they find did, them. Didn't they? Like recently. last year. Yeah, they recently they had to like rush everyone home from the schools. They found a, They found a, an old World War Two bomb that just hadn't gone off when it hit the ground. How crazy is that? That's mad. You don't ever hear about them going off now. They seem to find them and stuff. But can you imagine if just a random World War Two bomb just went off wherever it's sitting? Yeah. Because weather and stuff. I also wonder how much damage it does. What, like, nowadays? would it still do as much damage? Yeah, or? I think so. But how much damage were they really doing at the time? We don't know how strong these weapons are compared to now. I think pretty bad, though. Mm. So Kira saves the day, kind of. She finds someone who knew the person who made the virus, like a doctor. Because it's airborne, she beamed him up to a runabout and infected him. And then suddenly he was able to find a cure very funny quickly. That. Yeah, very funny that. And obviously she anticipated that he wasn't going to help. Until he realised his life was on the line. So Kira saved the day again. And she just did it in the nick of time. Because as soon as they were like on their way back, she started spouting some crap. Oh, yes. She really did do it in the nick of time, didn't she? Cisco had the captain strength, uh, where he was the last one to go. I wonder if it's like a test you have to go through. Well, it's like when, when I was watching wrestling quite a lot. And any fans of like WWE, which I don't watch anymore. But if I do watch anything, I watch AEW. But there always used to be the joke years back, me and my mates, that when it was a pay-per-view event, so once a month they have a special event and all the weekly TV builds up to the pay-per-view. But in the weekly TV, one of your finishing moves, your big signature move you're famous for, hence the name finishing move, it would end the match. On weekly TV, that would beat you and you'd lose. It would like, Or if you're doing it, it would would win you the match but on a pay-per-view you get pay-per-view strength and you don't get beaten by one finishing move on pay-per-view you have this super pay-per-view strength that means it takes two or three to beat you i feel like that's what captains go through in star trek mm. or commanding officers in uh, cisco's case they have super abilities that stop them from going down mm. do you enjoy this episode then yeah i really like the story i worried that you weren't enjoying it People don't understand that... I'm an enigma. God, it's hard to know what's going on when you're watching it. When I, you're I did. It. I really liked the story. I, I liked as well the bit where the, the son got it. I thought that was a really good twist. Oh, when Jake got it, Because yeah. I thought, he's going to have to sort this shit out now. Yeah, for Cisco, it like, got real. he cannot also lose his son. Oh, God, can you imagine? That would be heartbreaking. It really would be. Especially because... I, I mean, I didn't really feel it when he lost his wife. I was like, mm, okay. Oh, Jennifer. But I would feel it if he lost his son, I think. You liking Cisco more now? Um, yeah, a bit. You weren't a fan of him after I the first like episode. It. I like it when he's a bit of a bastard, to be honest. Yeah. I love it when oh. he's just like total well, you wait until he's the Cisco, and then you will... I know, I'm waiting. You'll love it. He's keeping me waiting, though. He's leaving me hanging. Once the hair comes off... Oh. <laughs> the hair comes off, the gloves come out. <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you. He becomes a bit more badass when the goatee comes, but it doesn't all come at once. It's not like hair Is goes and goatee comes. Is this why you wanted comes. a goatee and a shaved head? No, I mean... Because <laughs> you would not look like him. Sorry to tell you. I would not look like Cisco if I grew a goatee and shaved my head. You wanted to do this, though, for ages. I, well, yeah, we started recently shaving. Yeah, but I don't, can't get my head, like, shiny ball like anyone else seems to be able to. If I try to... I think that takes a lot of work. If I take clippers to my head and then start shaving a razor, I end up just cutting half my... Flipping head up. Scalping yourself. Yeah, so I don't, I don't get a shiny head, which is the look you want if you're bald. You want the shiny mm. head. I haven't got Cisco's shiny head. I'm surprised you enjoyed that. That's great. It's not a whole lot to say on that episode because no. not an awful lot really went on. But how are you feeling about DS9 now, though? Because obviously you've taken some time to. It's, it's, warm a, bit, up. it's a warmer upper, hmm. I think. It hasn't won any week for you yet. 
for favourite episodes. So give it time. I'm confident. I'm confident. Are you? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. You are looking smug right now. I'm looking so smug. DS9 is a fantastic Star Trek show. Trust me. Better than Enterprise? Oh, don't. don't. Come on. Come on now. Don't do that to me. Hey, babe. Rank them. What, the shows? Yeah. Old Trek. All of it. Okay. Okay. My bottom two is just based on the fact that one of them I find harder to watch due to when it was made. But if I had to rank them, the original five shows, the Enterprise, DS9, TNG, Voyager, TOS. And Voyager might swap with TNG, actually, in hindsight. What if you had to Wait add for the Discovery hate. and Picard in there? Oh, I mean, I can't even... At that point, I can't even compare them anymore. I could not do a ranking of, like, all the Trek shows now. Hang on. He's just spontaneously combusted. We'll add in, like, some <laughs> firework noises I had to do that for the kids, actually. Um, I don't know if it was this morning or what, yesterday. spontaneously combusted? All the days are turned into one. Yeah. My stomach was exploding. I can't remember what it was. What? It's pretty graphic. You don't need to I really know the game. No, I'm fine. So let's talk about the third episode you've watched this for this week's episode of the podcast. There's a lot of... The use of the word episode in that sentence. Yeah. Spin the wheel. The last outpost. TNG, the last outpost. And what happened in this episode? Well, I'm glad you ask, Mr. Kyle. The Enterprise first makes contact with the Ferengi. Yay. When both ships are stranded in orbit of a mysterious planet, which is seemingly draining all their power. Do you remember how it ends? Because we watched this one before all the other ones, I think. Yeah. Okay, how's it end? They go down to the planet and there's like some guy who reminded me a bit of the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> yeah. And he comes out and he's like, hello, you have to take my quiz to see if you are righteous. And then the Ferengi are like, we're so righteous. And then Riker's like, my name is basically like Rikerchus. So I'm righteous. And then it turns out that he oh, is. Well, and that's they, how it went. Yeah, they become really like best buddies they do become best buddies and then he's like what do you want me to do with these jokers and Riker's like well we're good people so just let them go let them go now let's talk about the Ferengi because they've been mentioned previously on the show and so they were set up to almost be like the new alien threat like the Klingons of the show not feeling it <laughs> uh, unfortunately oh they did not stick the landing on this one mm. let's be honest the Ferengi in this episode are awful they're a massive joke. I like Frankie makeup because I think they look like proper aliens, disgusting movie aliens. But, oh, God, the way they move, the, the way they behave, they're walking around like, it's like the bad acting I used to do in GCSE drama. Yeah, it's like, 15, 16 hey, years old. act like a monkey. Yeah. And then you they see were a kid, like, monkeys. you know, doing all the arms and... Awful. Yeah. Really apparently they were, they were instructed to do that. That was, that was like a... Character trait. It, yeah, the director said, do it like this. And mm. obviously... You'd seen Quark and stuff mm. on DS9 and you've seen them on Enterprise and they're nothing like how they looked in this. So could you stomach it a bit more? Because I said to you, look, the Ferengi aren't great here. But like when you're watching it, you're thinking, oh my God, what is this? It was but, okay. But were you thinking like, well, I know that they're not like this on the later shows. So I just thought maybe these three are like particularly weird. I didn't know that it was like a thing that changed with their characters. I thought it was just these three are just bizarre. Maybe that's the way we need to look at it from now on. Yeah. They were just really messed up. Maybe they were just high on drugs. <laughs> like that, that would explain a lot. Maybe they were like Ferengi frat boys. Yeah, they, they took a few like Ferengi mushrooms before they started. And then that was it. They were just off their faces for the rest of the episode. Which would be why I they bet, were moving the way they were. I bet when the ship like drove off, they woke up on the morning, they were like, whoa, man, what happened? Anyone else remember that guy yeah. on that planet? 
Remember for the longest time they weren't reacting to anything because I think they lost power as well or something. Mm. They weren't doing anything. Maybe they weren't doing anything because they were just doing drugs. Yeah, maybe. They were, yeah, they had no idea the Enterprise was even there. They were just smoking some roadies. See, now I can stomach the episode a bit more. I feel better about this it. This was my least favourite so far of TNG, okay. of the first uh, episodes. And it's because of the Ferengi. I also didn't love the story part of it. The first part I thought was really good, like where they both were kind of having a standoff. Neither of them really knew what was going on. Mm. And like, we're a bit scared because we don't know what's going on with the Ferengi. Maybe these ones are really vicious. And then they realise that it's the planet, not them holding them in place. I thought that was a really good opportunity to then not just have a weirdo with some strobe lighting and a beard. Hey, I'm so knowledgeable. It's awful, isn't it? It was bad. You've got to have a lot of love for Trek or faith in your partner to be able to sit through these ones. This is why I say to people that you can't use TOS and TNG to bring people into franchise. On Reddit and on Twitter, you'll always see people saying, oh, you know, I want to start Star Trek. You know, where do I begin? And you see people saying, I've said this before on these shows, oh yeah, do TOS or, or TNG. It's like, no, neither one of those. Even for DS9, how it looks in the first... You know, season two, it doesn't. Enterprise is the only one of the old shows you can say to someone, start with that. Because it looks like something from now. Mm-hmm. And then that will create your interest in the, in the franchise. And then you'll be more forgiven of what you see. You can't go straight into, into those older ones. And yeah, I thought it all went a bit Pete Tong. You might want to translate. Well, it all went a bit wrong when... <laughs> when it's they, like Cockney Ryman slang, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. It all went a bit wrong when they went down to the surface. I felt like the episode kind of fell apart. Well, also because they were like bumping into rocks and they were just moving out of the way because they were made out of polystyrene. <laughs> <laughs> thumbs up? Thumbs down? It's in the middle. Ooh, the first one. Yeah. Because you've been a big TNG I, fan. Yeah, I have. So our last one, please, Katie. Uh, we all know what it is, but spin the wheel anyway. <laughs> It's oh. the Naked Time. The Naked Time. TOS, the original series. Returning from Planet Psy. Is the P silent? Yeah. PSI? Oh, yeah, Psy. Psy. 2000. <laughs> Psy 2000. What a name. <laughs> I've been to Psy 2000. Not much has changed, but they live underwater. And you're great. I thought you were going to do the other bit. It's pretty fine. You know the bit where he goes, and your great-granddaughter. Yeah, anyway. I was worried how it would spike on the mic if I did. Okay, I'm on 1%, so i got to read this. Returning from Planet Psy 2000, a landing party inadvertently spreads a rampant, rampant disease, which has a feverish, intoxicating effect on the crew. Seemingly harmless at first, Kirk must race to find a cure. When Lieutenant Riley seizes control of engineering and places the Enterprise directly in the path of destruction. Oh dear. So this was, even though you've seen it the other way around, this was the first episode dealing with this kind of virus. But obviously mm. we've already watched and spoken about the Naked Now mm. from TNG, where they encounter a similar virus. Or I don't think it's the same virus, is it? Whereas on TNG it just made everyone mostly horny. Yeah. Like everyone just wanted to bang each other. They did. A lot of them did bang each other, yeah. Nowadays, at least for continuity, we've just seen babies being born later in the season. <laughs> a load of babies being born. And on TOS, though, it wasn't really like that so It was much. really not obvious to me. Until you pointed it out, it was mm. not obvious to me that it was the same. No, you didn't virus. know until I, I said, did you, did you? So Because instead of like making everyone horny, it just made everyone like uh, that guy think that he was like really awesome at everything. Yeah, and I think a lot of them just became like obsessive about something that was recently on their mind as well. Mm. Like that one guy who just felt like they shouldn't be out. He wasn't sure if they should be out in space. 
you know, what is their real right to be out there? And then he becomes obsessed with this idea that they shouldn't be out there. But then also, the reason the virus came back onto the ship, what the hell was that guy doing? He takes oh, off his glove to... Scratches his nose. I scratches, mean, oh. have we learned nothing from 2020? Oh. Wear a mask, wash your hands. They're supposed to be learning from history. How am I supposed to believe that this took place in the future? I know. I mean, this guy might you think that this guy might think that humans don't belong out in space, but I think it's more that he doesn't belong out in space. He definitely didn't. Oh god! I think at one point it looks like he smells his hand. Yeah, like, like come yeah. on, dude! Don't smell like, your hand. He was scratching stuff and sniffing his finger. Yeah, guy. <laughs> come on, guy. <laughs> self-respect it's awful isn't it like what was he doing and because of that well no one died so no wait did he die no he didn't die did people die did he die i don't think so but the ship was going to crash remember and then they managed to not crash Mm. i'm looking at you as if we can't remember if he died or not does it matter would have done everyone a favor if he did yeah but uh, solved some problems yeah i enjoy this this is obviously the infamous episode of sulu and his sword oh yeah that was bizarre it's great. It's like an iconic moment of Trek, though. You'll always see pictures of, like, Sulu shirtless. I mean, let's be fair. George Takai, amazing Oh, yeah. Kudos. Condition. Yeah, I mean, that, his physique there <sighs> blew me away. Okay. Trek think. does help us to discover ourselves. It does. It does. Absolutely. I enjoy this episode, actually. I think it's quite fun. It's fun. It's not, it's not like, serious. That's a lot of TOS, though. It's, like, they're fun. I couldn't really think of a theme they were hitting on in this episode. I think it was just a nice virus episode which actually when you think about it it was kind of a theme of the week for us it was it was a theme of the week so did you enjoy this episode it's the last one you've put to discuss it makes me think you haven't saved the best for last for you to be honest i didn't find it as memorable as i have Mm. the other one like the naked now oh oh, well yeah also but also with with the rest of these but yeah i don't know like the naked now was ridiculous and funny but this was kind of funny but not as ridiculous Mm. Apart from the George Sakai and the yeah, what's the message up swinging? the bridge? There's uh, an officer uh, running through the sword, yeah, wielding the sword. <laughs> You're like Jesus, all right, we'll be down now. Um, God damn it! <laughs> like I, I at this point, I'm seeing past all of the cheese. Yeah, mm, the '60s visuals. Yeah, that. and production, and and I'm just looking at the story and like I like the characters. But yeah, it wasn't like a standout episode. It was fun though. Are you excited knowing that this cast eventually going to movies? Looking forward to watching those. Yeah, sure. Like, they're going to oh, like God. proper big budget movies. Wouldn't expect that. What do you mean? To say yes. Oh, oh right. I thought you didn't mean the films. I know. That's kind of cool. Mm. We can't skip ahead though. No, no. I'm avoiding watching the films now until Thank we you. get to them for anything. It's hard. Once I start doing all this track stuff, I'm like, oh, I need to watch this film, that film. Like, nope. Wait. You've got to go the Katie, Katie Pace. The Katie Pace. Yeah, I've got to wait for the Katie Pace. Pace. Hosted by Katie Harbin and myself, Kyle West, her first Trek, a Star Trek review podcast, is produced by nerdsince86.com and is part of the hollowsweetmedia.com podcast network. If you would like extra content from us, including early access to her first Trek episodes, our Patreon-exclusive Her First Trek After Show, where we rank the episodes we've discussed each show, early access to Blast Shield, a Star Trek Lower Decks podcast episodes, and much, much more, you can become a valued supporter of our show by signing up to our Patreon. Visit patreon.com forward slash nerdsince86 for more details. To keep up to date on all the news and updates from Her First Trek, be sure to follow at Her First Trek on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. To join the holosuitemedia.com community discussion group, simply type The Nexus, Holosuite Media's listeners community, into the Facebook search bar. Thank you for listening.
This show is brought to you by HoloSuite Media. Computer, list other available HoloSuite Media programs. Loading HoloSuite Preview Program 4, The Janeway, a Star Trek Voyager podcast. Um, so we jump to the ready room, and even though they're likely alone in there, the aspect ratio has them, like, basically oh standing gosh, inside like, of each other. <laughs> why are they so close and whispering in the ready room? It's like, I think there's no one else is in there. The doors are closed. You don't have to be right on top of each other, folks. I think they literally were just, like, had a three-way and then came out of it. It's like, now we've got to talk business. <laughs> Because you know, as they're speaking, their bodies are pressed up against one another. <laughs> Except pretty much. It was just really weird to watch. Loading Holosuite Preview Program 4, Random Trek Review, a Star Trek review podcast. Okay, well, I, it's one of those things where, like, you would expect, like, as medical history gets better and everything, like, life expectancy gets longer. Just like we've experienced in our own kind of world and planet right like it's way better now than it was 50 years ago versus 100 versus 200 so versus 5,000 years ago where you'd be lucky to live to like 30 yeah exactly we'd already (laughs) be done and dusted my friend well or we'd be super old right we'd be like the village elders (laughs) loading holosuite preview program for ladies trek library a podcast by women with a passion for star trek books the author of this book, Dana Kramer Rolls, this is the only Star Trek book she's ever written, which would explain why I've never okay. read anything from her before. Yeah, I heard that she did write some other sci-fi books, but no other Star Trek. Yeah, and she does seem like like she's a fan. It seems, from the way she handled the characters, I I would say she is a fan of Star Trek. Yeah, I definitely got the feeling that she was a fan. Um, and knew the characters. She has a PhD in folklore and history of religions. Cool. So that makes sense. Computer, deactivate Holosuite.